0: The goal of Data Transformers podcast is to accelerate digital transformation by bridging the gap between business outcomes and rapidly advancing technologies, and we aim to bridge this gap by focusing on data. I am Peggy Sai, Top 50 Women in Tech Influencer, co-author of the AI book, and Data Governance Expert.
1: I am Ramesh Danta, an entrepreneur, a tech blogger, and AI enthusiast. Hello, welcome to Data Transformers podcast. This is part two of our ongoing discussion with Diane Schmidt, Global Director and Head Data Governance and Business Process for London Stock and Exchange Group.
0: I know you've also have a lot of experience, um, you know, speaking with other um, data professionals and, and peers. Um, I'd love to get your your thoughts on what do you think um, is missing, or what do you think the mistakes uh, other chief data officers are making um, when they take on when they take on this role. Um, you know, just in terms of th- you know things they things that you see that you know shouldn't be done, but are are still are, are either happening or you know just just love to see. Um, what, what your thoughts are on um, common mistakes that are being made today.
2: I think, you know, a lot of CDOs come in and they, want to, they, they, they must make an impact, I think, in their minds. They must come out and create something exciting and new and different and, and figure it out and and kind of make the mistake of not assessing the landscape and taking the time to assess the landscape and say what it, you know, what's been done before, let's, you know, that, let's add that into the equation, what, maybe what didn't work, um, what did we miss out of that, um, also leveraging, I think, your, your state, you your stakeholders, and speaking with them, and establishing those relationships, and gathering that, you know, what problems are we trying to solve, instead of, telling them what problems you're going to solve for them but but let them tell you know let them tell you um, one thing that we did um, at the London Stock Exchange group was recently this year is we um, we have a new group data policy relatively new that went into effect and why a policy is important in my opinion is that it sort of underpins the program mm-hmm. unless you unless you, you you need some sort of framework, uh, policy framework, so that people begin to understand, um, you know, where the where the boundaries are, what the guidelines are. Because without it, you, you're you're talking to you know thin air. You have nothing to point to. So what we did was we actually um, conducted a survey. Mm-hmm. So we used ServiceNow. And we built a survey in, a simple survey, I think it was 16, 17 questions about the policy itself. And uh, surveyed, I think we ended up getting, it was not mandatory. And uh, we ended up getting, you know, out of 5,500 or so, give or take, we ended up getting about 3,000 people um, that completed the survey. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And what, what what did that survey tell us? Well, there are three three specific components. The first set of questions were related to um, yes, no, not sure, you know, other, and, and really what that told us was are you you know are you aware are you aware of the data governance office are you aware of the CDO are you aware of the, the, the policy. Um, and then things like uh, I, you know, I acknowledge that I've read this section or this section data traceability or integrity or, you know, all of that data quality. Um, and so we have answers from from that. So what we did was we took the, the those answers and basically took all the highs out of that and said, OK, where what what does that look like? Um, are people aware of the policy? You know, with' a huge number of people that are now aware of the policy that maybe weren't before because we built the policy into the survey. So if they didn't read it before, they read it now. The second part the second part of it was within the survey second sort of type of question was we said please rate, please rate the policy and please rate the survey eighty two percent said, uh, 82 80 between 82 and 87% said that they rated the policy and the PSR uh, po- process anywhere from 3 4 or 5 our survey went from 0 to 5 that's that's pretty good right that's a pretty high number the last the last piece of the survey was the last question where people had an opportunity to provide comments and so what I did was I took the 600 comments and I coded those comments into themes and said, what, what do these mean? I'm confused. I don't like this. Oh, this is a great start, uh, you know, or unintelligible, not, you know, not sure, I need more help. So I coded the comments and, and, and what, I, what I saw were sort of emerging themes. And the emerging themes were progress, challenges, and opportunities. And you think about, okay, we had, you know, 50% of, you know, uh, just, just let me, let me go as this. So, so we basically had, you know, a, a huge number of people respond to the survey one. That's, that's great. Yeah. Number yeah. two, we had huge percentages that basically, um, what is the 80, 82% they are now aware of the policy they weren't aware before. And we also have people who, um, you know, told us that they needed more training, that they needed, you know, what direction, what direction of travel should we continue to take, you know, take this, this policy or program? So right there, I think the, what CDOs should understand is use the data, use data to, to help you. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, don't just make predictions or try to go figure it out. Use tools you, you know to, to be able to help you figure out what, where you should go. So So now we have an amazing quantitative set of measures that um, or, you know stats that that basically tell us what direction travel to go because we've now answered three thousand people. I mean that, that's, how, that, that's pretty that's pretty interesting. And it also tells us, really, from a conformance perspective, um, what, you know, what that conformance looks like. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're definitely excited about that approach. We're going to take that approach again here shortly into, you know, 2021 and, and continue to, to demonstrate, you know, we use the, we use industry, other benchmarks like the DCAM and other things as well, but, but this is specific and and internal. So, um, like I said, it's really, really interesting. So I would say that, you know, one mistake I've seen is, is that, You you let the data let the the data doesn't lie like let the data help you so.
0: And that's certainly from and we hear it a lot like just the improving the data culture within the organization and it sounded like again you coded so you're really hands on and taking all the responses and doing the um, you know the sentiment analysis right you really were able to really understand and, and it's so quantified you're able to measure um, the results and I'm sure when you uh, repeat the the same survey you can actually measure if how much you've improved um, in the year so that's that's fantastic. It's a great piece of yeah, advice. Yeah,
1: another fascinating thing about that to me, and thank you for the very detailed walkthrough on that one hand, because now you see a lot of that goes into how you structure the survey itself, right? In terms of, I mean, a lot of thinking goes into the structuring the survey so that you get really actionable data that you know, can work on. I mean, that for a detailed walkthrough how to put a stru- <laughs> survey together, how to read the survey, um, thank you. That is a very a great answer. Uh, and then the second, uh, one of the things that we really go into is people's professional journeys. Uh, how did they you know, progress their journey? What decisions were they making? So we would like to understand, Dan Schmidt, in terms of uh, how you made your uh, decisions uh, from one company to on, uh, one you know, organization, another organization, and one role to another organization. So we, we know how you got started right? So that was a great story. Yeah. Then later on through the professional journey, what, how were you making the decisions either to go from one organization to another organization or within the same organization like a Freddie Mac where you were 12 years? I'm sure you moved around within that. So if you could walk us through how you were making those decisions.
2: Sure. I wish I could say that I was you know, really smart about making these decisions and they were perfectly well executed. They were not. I fell into the data space, you know, like we talked about. And I think um, I am a I'm a hard worker just by nature. I feel like when I'm, you know, companies paying me, I wanna, I wanna work hard and I wanna demonstrate my value and, and I learned too. So I think while certainly at you know Freddie Mac, I started off as a data modeler and I left as a chief data officer. Um, it was really through opportunity, you know, hard work and opportunity. I think you need both of those, <clears throat> excuse me, to move forward. And for me, at the time, and this was sort of the beginning of the you know, 2000s. It was you know, Freddie Mac was going through a restatement, and um, and as was as was Fannie Mae. And so I actually fell into that opportunity one because nobody at the time wanted to focus on data. And they just said, give to Diane, give to Diane. So I just, (laughs) my plate just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so I somehow showed an aptitude for it, I guess, and was able to, to demonstrate that I could get what the company needed. So I just kept getting promoted and promoted and promoted. Um, And, and, you know, after, you know, just working literally, I would say around the clock for many years uh, because we all, you know, it was, it was not about, it was about survival, you know, for the company at the time, it was, we had one mission, which was keep the company open, right? Keep the mission going. And that was it. It was, it was clear. So, uh, so, so that was just an incredible driver. And, and to be able to, like I said, it was opportunity and aptitude where I sort of, they, they collided and I, it was, it ended up just being, I, so I'm sure my name is still all over the place with many documents. Um, you know, and then my time came to an end and and there, and, and that's okay, right? I think you 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 need to maybe change a pace and and learn other things. And so um, opportunity came up for for me to depart. And I thought it was it was ended up being a good time. I'd gotten to the highest level you could get in the data space mm-hmm. there, and it was time to really you know let someone else um, take over uh, for me. Um, I worked at the Office of Financial Research, that, that opportunity came up, but again, uh, someone reached out to me and said, would you be interested, and I was part of how many times do people get to help start a government agency, so I was one of the first 10 people that, w- that were hired. My role was very, very big in the beginning um, when nobody was there, and it kept getting smaller and smaller because we kept hiring, you know, all the roles that we needed, so, and I was, I took that role to, um, for that opportunity that, that I just talked about, um, but also knowing it wasn't a forever role. So those roles were were meant to hire people off the street with the experience and expertise, get things going and then kind of hand off. And that's really what I wanted to do. Um, and then the opportunity came up to, to, to do some traveling <clears throat> and help other financial global financial institutions with their CDO groups and, and get them started and and I worked all over the world. I you know, traveled back and forth to Mexico City helping one of the, the biggest um, you know financial institutions in Mexico get up and running in, in data and I, I knew a bit of Spanish and so that was I mean, how many times do you get to do that either yeah. so yeah. Um, exciting, you know, exciting I, and then, you know, like we talked about, I did some of that consulting and it brought me to London Shark Exchange Group and it was just the right time for me to, to, to get back into this type of role, so.
1: I mean, just to follow up on that one, uh, based on their journey, are there any tidbits of advice that you would give to people, you know, what helped you? Uh, I mean, of course, we all know networking definitely helps, but in your case, what specific things, hard work for sure, uh, apart from those things, anything that come to mind?
2: yeah I mean, I think you know hard work's always a given, right? I mean, definitely de- demonstrating hard work. Um, you know, I think also stay networked, right? Don't, you know things change now, people don't work for companies for forty years anymore. it's it's always keeping your skills up, um, really, you know, doing things that because you're you're the commodity. Mm. it's 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 i'm the I'm the CEO of Diane. so, I take myself with me, so it's it's making sure that um, this package is 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 everything that I want it to be. So um, right, it's it's making sure that I take advantage of the training. It's making sure that I learn and not only what I want to learn, but what I don't want to learn, right? Because I think there are things you see in the industry and pe- the way people treat one another or the way that they manage and uh, that that's also something that you can learn by by not doing. So um, you know, like I said, and just and just really making yourself better because it it is no one will take care of you except for you yeah. <laughs> and, and is, and, and that's, and that's okay. And that's a good thing. Um, I take responsibility and accountability for myself. And I, you know, as, as long as, as long as my role works where I am and they want me and I want them, it's, it's a great relationship. If things change and, and they no longer leave my, need my services, you just don't take it personally, but I'll be ready. I want to be ready. And that's so everything that I can do to make sure I'm ready for the next opportunity is really, really important.
0: That's great advice, I think, for anyone that is looking to certainly grow and evolve their um, data career. Um, One last question I had for you, Diane, before we we wrap up is, um, you know, we talked about how to grow your own career, but what do you see as trends, overall larger trends and influences that's going to change the the data management space? Um, is it regulatory? Is it uh, what other big influences uh, do you see um, really making a big impact? Is it AI, machine learning, technologies? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
2: You know that's that's really. I I love this question, but at the same time, I never know how to answer it. But I'm gonna I'll do my best. Of course, you know the there's so much now in terms of tooling that there that there wasn't before. Um, people are really really focusing on um, tooling, AI, machine learning. Um, and essentially I get back to the, what can we, what's the, so what, why do we care about any of this? So anything that we can do to that, that visualization, a picture says a thousand words, right? If you had a 10 page presentation versus a one pager with the pictures, that's, that's what people want to see simplification, any, any tooling that simplifies the output. And it really does have to do with that visualization and the translation to management around sort of those decision-making um, you know, capabilities. I think that monetization is people wanna know, okay, great, we have that down. The health of the data is in good shape. Now, what can we, can we make money? You know, can, what I, because it does, it comes down to revenue efficiencies, Risk reduction, right? And 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 um, and and essentially, that's that's what people, you know, that's really what it, it is going to be about. It's the same things that we've focused on before, but now it's through, I think, tooling um, and tools um, to 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 improve. Um, like I said, I think I really do think visualization is just a huge part of um, what people want want.
1: Thank you, Diane. Actually, you walked us through the progression of data through your career, like how it progressed and progression of uh, um, in a person's career in terms of how they make decisions and a lot of really good advice there. And your breadth of experience, even though you're from Washington and Virginia, is stunning in terms of, so now you're from there, you're working in London Stock Exchange as well. So different flavors of data, kinds of data. So and from a data modeler to CDO, it just, it's just, um, it, it, it's a very fascinating journey. That it is, that it is. So uh, Dan, one, one thing I wanna ask you is, uh, we haven't touched upon it. Uh, it's a touchy subject, could be a touchy subject, I don't know. As a woman, right, in the technology space, mm-hmm. right? What mm-hmm. has it been like? Uh, it's, it's, no, it's a minority. Um, has it been smooth sailing? I, I'm, I'm not. I'm saying tongue in cheek in that sense. What yeah. specific challenges have you faced uh, as a woman in the technology space? In this space.
2: You know, I, 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 for for me, it's. I've tried to kind of ignore. I've tried to ignore the noise. Um, I've always been—I I always used to get these awards, and I, the, the the award was always the same. <clears throat> silent thunder. In that, I just kept my head down, and we just worked, and didn't didn't let you know anyone tell me I could or I couldn't. I it just I let my work speak mm-hmm. for itself, and I always knew that you know as long as I continued to educate myself as long as I knew that I worked hard and had a good attitude and treated people what you know treated people respectfully that um and I was recognized for it then that was probably the right place I wanted wanted to be in a company and when 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 I wasn't being reward, you know wasn't treated well I wasn't I would you know it's then I would probably think about moving on but Mm -hmm. it's you know as as a woman I think we do (laughs) we have a tendency to um want to solve the world's problems, you know, and, and, right. wanna, and, and, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm no different. I want to, um, I've got, you know, I want to make sure my team's okay. I want to make sure that, um, everyone has what they need. And I think any manager would want to do that, but you know, there's, there's, there's a softer side where you of course want to, um, but, but, you know, when you are managing, when you are kind of in senior roles, it's there people expect certain, you know, people expect certain things from you and, and, um, and especially as a woman, it's, it's a lot of times, you know, I do feel like I've got to work a bit harder and a bit um, and, and be able to demonstrate, um, you know, demonstrate that, that, uh, that knowledge or that, that capability. So, but I think it's just me. Um, I like, you know, I'm a hard worker and I like to, I like to, you um, I like to do
1: well. So, um, Thanks Dan. Um, thanks Dan. That's a very really candid answer. So it, it, um, yeah, it's a very personal and candid answer. Thank you. Sure. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard today and would like to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite player like iTunes and Spotify, and please do rate our podcast. Also, please go to our website, www.datatransformerspodcast.com for more episodes, blogs, and information on our speakers. Thank you.